Johnson out for the season. Cal star defensive lineman. We haven't seen for a few years now, and um, you know we'll have to wait until 2023. Hopefully, he can come back fully healthy, whatever that injury may be, and maybe we'll find out in, in time. Jim McGill covers the Bears for BearInsider.com. It's good to have him back on the show. Hey, Jim, welcome. What's up, guys? So let's start there. Uh, we just heard some of what Justin Wilcox had to say. Uh, how how devastating is this Brett Johnson uh, injury to this Cal defense? It's really tough. I think that Johnson was probably the the key defensive player on the squad. It's not to say that the in- injury has to be devastating to the defense this year, but he was undeniably going to give a big boost to the D coming back after being off all last year. He's just so strong and um, he, he demands double teams all the time. He's has the ability to penetrate, great in a run game. Um, there's just so many things that he could do, and he's a good leader, too. He'll still be able to lead from the sidelines, but not the same as having him on the field. Fortunately, they have uh, a lot of young depth, and they have uh, a lot of defensive uh, options. The, the outside linebacker group has several guys that could very well be defensive ends and in another team's defense where they, they're, they're going to be lining up on the edge. So they have a lot of options to take his place, but nobody can fully fill his role for sure. Jim, and you obviously follow Cal more closely than the two of us do, but you know we we talk about him a fair amount. And when I when I saw this news, like beyond obviously being really disappointed for Brett Johnson and the road he's been on to recover from the previous injury, missing all of last season after high expectations, and then now dealing with this again, I feel terrible for him. But also from a from a Cal football standpoint. I think my first reaction in reading it was, my goodness, like Cal cannot get a break. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way after covering him closely since COVID started in 2020, and obviously these, 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 these setbacks come in different, different ways, obviously. This one is, a, is more serious for one particular player. But um, hearing Justin Wilcox speak, we played some sound of him making the announcement earlier, and you could just, I could just feel the frustration, not only for Brett, but also for, for the program and continuing to deal with setbacks like this. And So w- would you agree with that, that Cal just can't seem to get a break the last couple of years? Well, you know, Cal fans are pretty fatalistic, and I think they have a pretty good reason for it. It seems like whenever there seems to be progress in some area, the rug can be pulled out from under them. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, you look at a lot of teams, and a lot of teams have some key injuries. I think Cal probably has had a little bit more than their share. Uh, but man, when you're when you're covering that team solely, and when you're a fan of that team solely, it, it sure seems like there's a, a black cloud sometimes that that may not be just exclusively a, a Cal situation, but it, it seems like it sometimes. I mean, it's uh, it's brutal because this is, I think, you know, I think I saw. Um, uh, Wilmer, and I don't think he's alone. I just hadn't thought of it in these terms. Had Brett as a top five player in the league. Um, you know, McShay had him as a top forty draft prospect, uh, and then you add to it some of what Peter Sermon said: is this is one of your your key leaders on defense. You know, this is a team that had had some veterans on its front seven before, but this group is a little different in that regard. Um, you know, okay, so let's say maybe they're a little less of a defensive 
um, superpower or power, how explosive can their offense be? This is something we've been working on for a few years. So what can their offense be this year, and, and can they make up for some of what they lose on defense that way? Well, you know, the typical projection for Cal this year is 5-7, and seven, and from the outside looking in, I, I can't disagree with that, but from the inside, it, uh, it, it really paints a totally different picture. And the reason why is the offensive personnel, you know, there are a lot of players that, that the media and outside fans don't really have any idea how good they're going to be because they haven't seen them. But I went to 29 straight practices the last 13 spring ball and every single fall camp. And the, the offense is just so much dyna- so much more dynamic because of a lot of reasons, starting with transfer quarterback from Purdue, um, Jack Plummer. Plummer is delivering balls consistently in camp that you just didn't see Garbers do for the last four years. He hits guys at all levels. And the Cal, if you watch their offense these last few years, they didn't utilize the middle of the field virtually at all. And I don't know if that's because Garbers was worried about um, interceptions or if it was about his ability to, to quickly read the defense or what. But man, Plummer just seems to be tailor-made for this Musgrave offense. He's got a lot of weapons to throw to. I, I really am impressed by this receiver's unit. The starting three, uh, Maven Anderson on the slot, Michael Sturdivant on the outside, and Jeremiah Hunter on the outside, these guys combine size and speed that they really haven't seen in the program in a long time. You've got multiple guys that are in the 10-5 range, 100 speed, uh, 6'3", 6'4", strong, good route runners, athletic, good catch radius. Have a lot of a lot of guys backing them up that are similar type players. Cal really hasn't seen that kind of a receiving core in a long, long time, if at all. Tight end uh, Jermaine Terry and Kaleki Latu are two guys that are going to present a lot of mismatches for defenses with their size and their athleticism. Terry is a guy that everybody offered out of high school, Alabama, Notre Dame, and these were all offers that were legit that they wanted a guy. But he he elected to stay home, much to Cal's benefit. He came from Richmond. And uh, last year he was at 275. He had had a, a, an injury that um, had affected his, his ability to be in shape. But he's just a chiseled uh, 6'4", 255 now. And when he hits guys, they just shudder. And Latu, 6'6", pushing 6'7". He was too light last year. He was probably 205, 210. He's about 230 right now. The, the staff calls him a freak just because of what he's able to do that tight ends can't normally do. And the, the uh, running back room was little solid last year. Everybody averaged uh, more than five yards a carry, but they brought in a freshman, Jade Knott, who immediately has stepped in and split time with Damian Moore. And he's a guy that's really fast, really shifty. He's a guy that can take it to the house and who isn't going to get caught from behind. So you, you, you factor in all of those things with a line that is healthier than last year and, and probably two or three players deeper than last year. It can be a much, much better offense. I just think it really hinges on, is this line going to be at least adequate? Is it going to be at least decent or even pretty good if it is? I, I don't see how this offense won't at least come close to scoring 30 points a game as opposed to closer to 24 last year, and it could make a big difference. Yeah, the interesting thing there is you, you hit on the receivers. I know you mentioned Jeremiah Hunter, J. Michael Sturdivant, and Maven Anderson. This is a group that lost uh, Trevon Clark, Kakoa Crawford, and Nico Ramihio all pretty good players, right? Now, I know there were other issues at times that led to the, maybe those guys not being as productive as people had hoped they would be, but it seems like, like we had Roxy Bernstein on here a couple months ago, and he was raving about the receivers. It seems like 
generally people feel that this this group of Cal receivers, while generally unproven, could possibly be the best group of Cal receivers that, that you've that you've had in quite some time. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to, to guys like, like Nico and, and Trayvon and Tupelo. Those guys were good receivers, but they didn't have the dynamic playmaking ability that these guys do. They weren't as big, they weren't as strong, they weren't as fast. Um, one of the, the knocks on Sturdivant last year is that his hands weren't consistent. He was known as a real fast guy, but he broke his hand early, and when he, he got the cast off, um, he, he, just, he didn't hold on to balls as consistently as you need to see, even in practice. Um, so he's starting to live up to his potential now. He's catching most everything. Hunter's a guy that everybody knew was talented, um, but, you know, he was just kind of getting on track. His true freshman year, he played a little in 2020, but he wasn't healthy. Um, last year, he showed flashes of what he could do. He's just a guy that's stepping into his own now in his redshirt sophomore year. And Anderson, he's going to be the real revelation. Um, honestly, I was sleeping on him a little bit. He, he, he had good offers out of high school, and he's fast, and he's athletic, and he works real hard, but he's... He's almost uncoverable in practice. Um, he, he's going to bring a lot more to the slot than Nico did. Um, and I love Nico. So it's saying a lot. I'll tell you the guy that stood out, and I've, you know, I haven't been to every practice like you have, but the, the scrimmage last Saturday, <clears throat> I kinda, you know, I've got like my depth chart in my hand, and I look up during drills, and I'm like, who is six? And you look, and somebody yeah. goes, oh, that's, that's Jade Knott. That's the guy who was verbal to Oregon and then to USC, and now he's here. And um, they they had like this open field tackling drill in which he didn't get touched twice either time. And for everybody else, the drill ends in the guy carrying the ball colliding with the guy trying to tackle him. And that's not the way it goes for him. So how much impact do you think he can make in this offense for them right away? Yeah, if I didn't mention him by name, uh, was who I was referring to with the speedy freshman running back. Um, you know, I think a lot of his impact will depend on his ability in between the tackles this year. Some of the some young guys that, that are, are fast and flashy that, that get on campus in any program, that's one of the things that takes a little bit of time because um, they're not seeing the holes that they saw in high school. They've got to make perfect reads, find little creases. Outside, man, you bounce it outside. If he has a little bit of room, he can be gone anytime. Inside is my only question. Is he ready to, to move the pile uh, if the, there's not really – great opening for him to, to get through or is, is, is he able to find that subtle little crease that, that you need to uh, in the split second that you need to to get through um, a packed uh, defense up the middle if he's able to, to continue to grow in that role man he, he's guy's the limit for him but yeah. that's his biggest area for both in my mind seeing him through throughout the month of practice uh, if we go all the way back to the spring, obviously one of the big questions going into spring was the quarterback position, and is Plummer the answer? And we've had a lot of time since then to digest him, and obviously you've been to a lot of practices as well, and I think it's it's glaringly obvious that he's the guy. Um, what, what do you think about, you know, we've talked about running back, we've talked about receiver, but the guy that steers the ship here, what, what do you think is the ceiling for Jack Plummer this year in this offense? I'm super impressed by Plummer. I don't, I don't see any reason why he can't have a really good year. And I, I know a lot of people are sleeping on him, too, because he, he lost his starting role last year a few games into the season. But he was at seven touchdowns and no interceptions and a, a 68% completion rate and close to 150 rating when he lost his spot. He lost it to one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So that, there's no shame in that. Um, I just think he's a really good fit for the Musgrave system. A lot of people say... You know, it's too confusing for quarterbacks to learn, but he came in and he was executing it flawlessly from day one of, of spring. 
ability to, to process things and to, to carry it out, to read defenses. And um, the, the, I think the biggest surprise to me is that, you know, he's playing with a new group of receivers that he's never played with before. And it seemed like he was on the same page timing-wise with really fast receivers on, on routes that flash across the middle through through tight coverage. And that that's super impressive to me. I mean, what was he living on the, the field with these guys in the offseason between uh, the end of December when he got here and the start of spring ball? It, I, I don't know how he pulled that off, but to me that bodes really well for his ability to be able to execute this offense consistently. I only saw a couple of off practices in all those days. Yeah. He had a, a few picks here and there, but most practices he was clean all the way through, no, no picks, and throwing a lot of contested balls that were, were caught or uh, that, that were incomplete that weren't really catchable for the defense. Hey, he's a little more athletic than I realized. Um, and obviously Garbers was athletic. Sometimes maybe it, maybe they felt like he used his legs too much. But Plummer's a little more athletic than I than I realized while just watching him move. I yeah, think I probably he, stereotyped he him just because he's big. Yeah, well, you're not alone on that. A lot of people didn't think that he, he had the ability to run. But he has a really good pocket presence. He doesn't take off when things get busy around him. He, he knows... He knows how long he can hang in there, and if he, he does need to take off, um, yeah, he's got pretty decent wheels. He's not going to rip off the 15 to 20-yard runs like Garbers did, but he'll get you your six or seven or eight that you need to, to get a first down as long as uh, you know it's there for him, for sure. Uh, anything you're looking for this Saturday? I mean, it's UC Davis. UCD beat Stanford many years ago. I think a lot of people in Northern California remember that. Uh, Dan Hawkins, I mean, this is the... You know, for Justin Wilcox, this is his guy. So, uh, anything in particular you're looking for Saturday? Yeah, you know, I I think Cal has kind of played down to its opposition in the the uh, non-conference schedule several times in recent years, and you don't want to see that happen this year. Um, I, I take Davis seriously. I mean, they beat a, a pretty good Tulsa program who uh, won their bowl game last year. Um and they gave Cal a battle in 2019 when they were there uh, at Memorial before. But really, if, if this team is going to be a team that's going to make some wave this year, you, you want to see the athleticism show early. Um, Davis is probably going to play uh, you know, two deep safeties, keep everything in front of them. Um, Cal has the ability to, to stretch the field. I'd like to see them still be able to, to stretch the field with, with big chunk plays even with a, a prevent defense that, that's solely out there to try and prevent them from, from doing that very thing. Um, so you, you don't want to see them struggling going into the second half. You, you just want to see the ability to, to show their athleticism, their uh, improved ability to score, and just gradually um, create a bigger margin throughout the game um, and just show who they are, show that they're a more physically dominant team than they were before. If they struggle... Um, you know, it's not going to be necessarily doom and gloom, but it's, it's going to be probably an indicator that uh, this team's going to have to have most everything go right for them to have a good season. Can't wait. I love a 1 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be warm. It's going to be nice. Maybe we'll get some Davis folks out there. I'll be there. You'll be there. It'll be a good time. And, um, you know, we'll have to see what, what, what the defense looks like without Brett Johnson. But I can't wait to see Plummer. And uh, what should be uh, definitely is an intriguing offense, maybe a more dynamic offense, because I think um, I've been waiting for kind of the dynamic Bill Musgrave that I think is in there, because I've seen it before uh, when he coordinated the Raiders offense. Jim, it's great talking to you. Thank you for making time.
Thanks, guys. Have a great one. BearInsider.com. There is Jim McGill with his perspective. We can talk a little bit about what he had to say. Set the week up as well. It's Pac-12 Radio. As a 